Hi everyone, Daniel Ramsey here, the CEO of My Outdesk and the host of Scale the Podcast. Hey everybody, Daniel Ramsey here with My Outdesk. Now I've got a good friend of mine, Patrick Johnson. Now he happens to be a client and a friend. And today I'm really excited to have him here. He is the CEO and managing partner of Talent Tuition. And he's all about helping you recruit talent. Now, here's the thing that we're going to cover today. It's kind of nutty, but we're going to talk about process systems so you can get predictable results in bringing high caliber talent into your team. Patrick, thanks for being here today. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. So let's talk quickly about your origin story. Like, so everybody, and don't worry, brag about yourself a little bit so that everybody knows how badass you are. Talent acquisition. I've been doing this for 20 years. First job out of college was, you know, hard nosed staffing manager, you know, went through the ringer and, you know, 20 years later, we've got uh, a company now that we recruit and do talent outsourcing and talent recruiting. We've got about 50 openings at a time that we work on. We wow. hire about 30 people a month all across the country. We do it the non-traditional way. So it's not a, a headhunting firm or a fee-for-service type of thing. It really is you know, process-driven and process outsourcing. That's kind of the, uh, the down and dirty of who we are. And who are your standard clients? Like when you, at the end yeah. of the day, when you're winning business, who are the people that go, oh my God, Patrick, I'm so glad I'm working with your company. So it's interesting. We have kind of this unique partnership with some large organizations called professional employment organizations. So yeah. they, they co-employ, you know, sometimes hundreds of thousands of, of people but they're all made up of these small business owners. These big firms have, you know, their clients that they do this total HR outsourcing for. They do like payroll and HR and benefits and work comp for all of these small companies that maybe five employees, 10 employees, you know, but yeah. together they make this massive conglomerate. Mm-hmm. We provide the recruiting process outsourcing to, for all of those clients. So okay. our bread and butter is the, what we call a craftsman business owner. So that's a business owner that, you know, they know their product or service really well, they're passionate about it, and they went and started a business. Those people tend to be perfect fits for what we do because they're not in the business of hiring people. Mm -hmm. They're in the business of doing what they do and doing what they're passionate about. So, you know, we can offload all of those processes to allow them to enjoy their business again and help them, you know, find you know, the biggest asset in their company, which is their people. I love it. Okay. And so today, again, we're, we're focused on the process, the systems and creating predictable results. But the origin of this conversation is really a document that you shared with me and, and your belief that there's this like short term opportunity for people. And I think this is important to bring up, you know, in doing this for so many years, you know, we, we wouldn't be in business if there wasn't some sort of a labor shortage. Yep. You know, if it was easy to find people, then companies like mine, other than the value in outsourcing the process, you know, it, it shouldn't be this difficult to find people. But so for the last 10 plus years, especially in a lot of industries, there's been this gap between available workers and available jobs where there's more available jobs than there are qualified people to, to work those jobs. So um, we've been in a tight labor market is what you're saying. 
Yes, and we're, we're 10 plus years of this. Think about industries uh, like healthcare, uh, skilled trades, um, general labor, hospitality, all of these industries where these positions are not, we're not talking about, you know, the, the hundred, $200,000 a year jobs. We're, we're talking about the, the backbone jobs, you know, minimum wage to $15 an hour, $20 an hour, those types of jobs. It's really difficult to spend the time and resources needed to find those people when, you know, they're, they're $15, $20 an hour. It's a real difficult nut to crack. So we've been in that for over 10 years. And then COVID hit. <laughs> we all get smacked with this. You know, restaurants are laying off. Nobody's going to hotels anymore. They're laying off, you know. And now we have this crazy, massive shift in the labor market that, right. we've, that we've seen. And that's, yeah, that's what your point that's is. That's this right thing. Here, where available workers just goes through the roof. But companies can't hire them. People aren't going out to restaurants. They're not going to hotels. They're, they're not buying cars. They're not doing all of the things that these workers typically do. So eventually that's going to go back to normal. It's not going to stay like this forever. There is going to be a time when things will go back to normal. And there's this, we're seeing this, this narrow window where a really forward thinking business owner, right, that little window right there. If, if you've got the, the foresight to take advantage of this, you can start talking to candidates now, start going after and rehiring with better people than you had before. You can also look for an opportunity to, to change the way that your labor has worked in your company. You know, there's a lot of positions that, you know, a house uh, a housekeeper at a hotel has to be there on site and doing it. But the person that was doing the, the accounting that now works from home and you had to lay that person off, they don't necessarily need to come back to the office. There's an opportunity to outsource that person as well. So there's, uh, but, but this, this opportunity or this window is going to get closed. You know, eventually we will get back to that point. How long do you think that window is in, in real terms? Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's open right now. You know, it's, it's not, hey, this window of opportunity is going to happen in a few months. We are in the window right now. I'm already starting to see it. You know, we've instructed a lot of our clients to say, hey, let us continue to recruit for you. Even though you're not hiring yet, let us mm -hmm. talk to candidates. We'll evaluate them for culture fit and find out if they're really talented and let's get them on the hook a little bit. Tell mm -hmm. them, look, we're not ready to hire just yet, but when mm -hmm. we do, we want you. That'll keep the really good people engaged. And we're already seeing that pool of people that we've built for some clients start to get jobs other places. So let's talk about that because it's a perfect lead into the process, right? And everybody kind of is curious, you know, we have a particular process, then mm -hmm. my friend has a different one. And here we are, we've got a 20 year veteran who owns a company that this is exactly what they do. Like, it's right. really important. How do you, you know, what does your process look like? And then how do you evaluate your talent? So the, the process starts with getting to know a client and, and really getting to know their culture. That's the biggest mistake we see people make. You know, they make a lot of different mistakes in hiring, but it all kind of boils down to the same thing is that they don't put culture fit 
high enough on the, on the importance of criteria. Mm-hmm. They value things like years of experience or, you know, the, the type of skill set somebody has, and they don't focus enough on culture fit and true talent. You know, or they, or they tap the shoulder of like their best friend's cousin's aunt and they hire somebody who has neither the skill nor the previous experience. And then they screw that up. Right. Yeah. That, you know, we're, we're good. I like, I like referrals, Yep. but you have to put them through candidate referrals. But as long as they're put through the exact same process as everyone else, because if you don't and you hire that person and they don't work out, now you've got a problem because you have a bad employee, but you might have another problem with the person that referred you to this person. That's right. That's a whole, that's a whole never, another problem we don't need as, as business owners. But, uh, but our process, you know, we, we have to learn what a company's culture is. And a lot of times I'll talk to a company and they don't know what it is. So if I'm mm. giving somebody advice, when the first thing to do before you start hiring is to know yourself really well. If you don't know yourself, you're not going to find a match. So you've got to have all of your ducks in a row, your culture statement, your vision, your mission, have all of that stuff lock solid. Do you put that in the ad? Are you putting culture or are you trying to interweave the cultural fit components into the ad? So you're attracting the right culture fits from the beginning? Typically, no. And I'll tell you why. Sometimes we'll advise companies to do that if it's a situation where I'm going to, I know if I place an ad for this position, I'm going to get hundreds of candidates. In that situation, then sure, be as detailed as possible. It's okay to sell your vision a little bit, but you don't want to give candidates the answers to the test. Test is when you talk to them. Then you start asking them questions that are not yes or no questions. And their answers will tell you if they're culture fit or not. Because if you put in the ad, hey, here's what we're all about. We're about accountability and honesty and and all of this. And a candidate's smart. They're reading that. And then when they get on the phone with you, they say, hey, you ask them, hey, what are some of your values? And they pull up that ad and go, well, I believe in this, this, and this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. go, wow, what a perfect culture fit. We, We don't put a lot of that in there. We want to get that from our client and then draw that out of the candidate when we're talking to them. Got it. What is, um, okay, so culture fit and then what's next in your screening process? Talent, skills, and experience. Those are the, those are the things. So during an interview, so we're, we're posting ads. We've got a whole process for posting ads. And it's not just about posting ads. You, know, you, you need to go to all kinds of different places to mm-hmm. get uh, candidates. Does, can I just put it on Craigslist and like hope? You can. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what you would do though. Not what I would do. No, I, not that Craigslist is bad, but you've got to be a little bit more strategic with where you're placing the ads that are going to get the type of people that you want for the job that you want. We use Craigslist. Uh, I, I use Craigslist for positions all the time. Okay. Because in certain regions, it does okay. And for certain jobs, it does okay. There's hundreds of places to post jobs and you just yep. have to be smart about it and go through the whole process of, of refreshing the ads, right. changing them up, making sure you've got good candidate flow. So then from there, we, you know, we start evaluating them. 
skills and experience are pretty straightforward. Like, uh, you know, can they use a 10 key or, you know, have they ever engaged in sales? Right. I, I get that. Right. But talent is something that is a little bit of a black box for people. And as an entrepreneur and a business guy, like I always hope and think the best of people, like it's a, it's a good, and right. I'm really driving and demanding once you're on the boat. Right. But right. In the interview process, I'm always like, well, they said they can do this. This is great, you know, and then turns out they may or may not be talent. So how do you help employers really uncover whether a candidate is talent or not? Yeah. And, and you know, I like sports analogies. So, <laughs> so okay. I'll give you, I'll give you my, my sports analogy. The, the difference is, yeah. you know, if you're starting a basketball team, you know, you're, you're picking your players, you're drafting your players and you've got, you know, player A that's played ball for 10 years. They've got 10 years of experience doing it and they know how to do everything. Yep. They know how to do free throws. They knew how to do three pointers. They know how to, they know all the rules. They know everything. Right. That's skills and that's experience. Talent is the difference between somebody who can make all the shots and dunk and do all of that stuff. And then culture fit is the good teammate, the person that's going to be the glue that holds the team together. Mm -hmm. So as employers, why do we care about, you know, yeah, we need, you need to be able to do those things. But if you've got a 40 inch vertical, uh, I can teach you the rules of basketball, right? Wait, wait. So is the 40 inch vertical, is that a skill or is that talent? That's because I'm okay. So that's talent. Okay. Skill is being able to pass the ball. Things that I know how to do. Okay. So in the business world, a skill would be, I know how to use my CRM. Okay. okay. Got it. It's a skill. You know how to do it. Talent is the person that can accomplish the exact same thing in their CRM in five minutes that it took someone else two hours to do. Okay. That's so it's being able to execute is what you're saying. It's execution. One of my favorite, you know, I'm a, I'm a reader. I'm going to give away a copy of our book real quick. But before I do, I want to talk about Andy Stanley. He has this great podcast and I never, ever, ever talk about this before, but he has this saying, he like, I only hire doers, not thinkers, because you can, you, you can educate a doer, but you can't get, put a thinker into action. If they're always thinking oriented, then it's really a challenging thing to get them to do action. So um, I think that's a great analogy. Would you equate talent to doers or what, what, what are your? Uh, well, that, yes, but not necessarily unless you're hiring a thinker. Say so yeah. most business owners, we're, we're thinkers. We're the idea people. We are chasing right. shiny objects. Right. And we need to surround ourselves with people who can execute, who can carry yep. out my vision. You know, there are instances where like if I'm hiring, I want to, I want to take a step back and I want to hire somebody to take over my company, right? take over this division, lead this team, come up with new ideas to drive things forward. Yep. Then you want a thinker and then you surround that thinker with doers. So it depends on the role is your, is your, yeah. is your answer. A, a, a doer is definitely a talent. It's the, the, the person that is, you know, uh, on the, on the basketball court, it's the person that's diving for loose balls all the time. Got it. You know, that's hustling up and down the court. You know, yep. they may not be as skilled as somebody else, but man, they make up for it in effort. 
aha, that's me in life, right? <laughs> I'm not going to shoot the ball and make it, but I'll run fast. <laughs> okay. So uh, if you're, if you're listening, whether you're on the podcast or on our YouTube channel, we're giving away a copy of our book. It's scaling your business with mod virtual professionals. We have Patrick here because Patrick, you've been a client for three years. Is that, is that about right? Yeah. Yeah. At least. At least. Okay, good. It seems longer. So we've helped 6,000 businesses scale and grow a business. And if you're listening, just want to real quickly give away a copy of our book. You can get a copy by just texting SVP to 31996, scale with virtual professionals to 31996, and you can get a copy of it. And everything that we're talking about today, you know, is in this book to help you grow and scale. So, all right, Patrick, so now we've screened the candidate. What are the systems behind that whole process for, you know, hiring talent? I'm curious, there's probably a difference in recruiting push versus pull people, you know, like if I need somebody who's like a driver or a salesperson, there's a little bit probably more sales requirement in your process versus uh, I need a manufacturing head or I need somebody to help in my healthcare business. There's probably a push and pull process in the recruitment. Can you talk about the difference in those two? Yeah. And, and I'll say from a process standpoint, you know, the framework is the same. You should have a unique process for every position that you hire for. Every single one of them has, uh, I mean, the, the, the general framework is the same. You know, I identify what I'm looking for, identify my culture, I start finding candidates, I evaluate candidates, I hire candidates. Got it. You know, that process stays the same. However, there's a big difference between, you know, I'm trying to hire salespeople or healthcare workers is a big one right now too, that are in high demand. And I want the best. Right. Not only am I evaluating them, but they're evaluating me. Mm. So that's that's something that that's another thing that you've got to put in there where uh, that that's the pull. How do you, how how do you help clients that are like, what do you mean? They're evaluating me. And wouldn't you want the me evaluation on both sides of it? Like whether it's a highly, you know, demanding kind of talent market versus, you know, there's a huge labor pool available. Like, wouldn't you want the, we're awesome to work for conversation to happen no matter what? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's just the, to what degree do you do it? Because you know, there's, we, we did a, we did a job for uh, an oil and gas company and they're hiring welders. These are highly, highly specialized positions, highly compensated. There's maybe 50 people in the country that can do this job. Got it. And those 50 people know that they're the only 50 people that can do it. <laughs> they're the hot, they're the hot person at the dance that everybody wants to dance with. And they know it. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Uh, in in that ex, that extreme, ninety percent of the interview is here's why you should come work for us. Ten percent is tell me about you and, and evaluating them to make sure that they're not somebody that is going to you know spoil your culture. Yeah. Then there's other scenarios where it might be you know eighty twenty. You know twenty mm-hmm. percent of the time I'm telling you here's here's about us. But maybe you do that. You do that second because you also, right. and I can't emphasize this enough. You can't even in those scenarios. You can't give them the answers to the test. Smart people are gonna, you know, if you sell them on your company, here's why you should work for me. Especially salespeople, right? <laughs> they're yeah. gonna say, 
all right, now let me sell you on, on, on me. And I'm just yeah. going to use your words against you. That's so, so you interesting. Gotta, you got to be careful. So there's a lot of things. So you're like, don't coach the applicants to win the game when you're right. in the interview process. Right. And that's, that's so hard for business owners, especially leaders, people who are passionate about what they do. We want to talk about our businesses. We want to, we want people to want to work for us. We want yeah. to be excited about our vision. We want people on the bus that share it. So it's, really hard to kind of keep that play that stuff close in until the right time. You might, it is actually kind of a good to have an outsourced partner in the recruitment process because that's me. I mean, I, I'm talking to the candidate and being like, it's going to be so much fun. We're going to, we're going to dominate the world together. Come on, just jump on my ship. And they're like, I don't know, Daniel. Well, you know, even, even if they don't outsource it or don't use us or don't outsource anything and just do it themselves, Yep. At the very least, have another person in the in the room with you. Uh, have okay. another have another person in your organization that's your co-pilot. And your job as the business owner, if it's your job to do the hiring, try to try to spend less time talking and more time observing. Mm-hmm. Give this other person the questions to ask the candidate. You know, then kind of see how how they interact and see how those questions are answered. Then when it comes time and you're like, yeah, I do like this person. I think they'd be a good fit. Then mm-hmm. sell. Got then it. Flow, then share your vision. Right. So maybe in interview two or number three, but not in the beginning of the process. No, exactly. Exactly. Okay. I mean, you, you've got to give them a little, a little bit here and there, but the, you know, the, the full vision conversation, you know, can come towards the middle or end of the, of the process. Okay. So let's talk about the system. One of the things that, you know, I'm a sales guy. And so half of my time is helping clients win or figuring out ways to scale their business or think differently to really move things forward. What was interesting is for our marketing team and our sales team, one of the biggest metrics for us is speed to lead. Like how quickly do we get to a candidate when they, in, 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 or not a candidate, but a potential client in our world, like we measure the heck out of that number. Like we want in, if it's business hours within five minutes and when it's more than that, I'm like, what broke? You know, what was interesting is you um, share that that's also a metrics that matters in the client acquisition or the, in the talent acquisition space that you play in. What are the metrics or what are the in your process and the systems that you take, what are the things that you're kind of checking the box on to make sure happens every single time? And then you know that things are going right. Yeah. So kind of our, our, our KPIs on our, you know, from top to bottom, we, we start with candidate flow and where are those candidates coming from? Are we getting candidates from social media? Are we getting them from ads? Are we getting them from internal referrals? Are we getting them from the client's website? Which ads are, which titles are getting us the most candidates? If we titled an ad this way, if we titled it differently, you know, we, we take a really hard look at where those are coming from so that we can hone in on what's working well and then focus. Got it. How long does that process of uh, what I would say is crafting the right marketing message for the position? How long does that typically take when somebody hires you? You know, ones that we've done over and over again that we know really well, we can, we get that narrowed in within the first week. There's other industries where higher volume industries, highly competitive industries 
where that process is ongoing. Always. It's always happening. We are all, you're, you're, it's not a, I hired someone, I'm done situation. It's sure. a, I need five people hired a week type yep. of situation. And Makes in sense. that, you know, if we, if something worked today and it's working well by tomorrow, it's stale and it doesn't work anymore. And so you've got to stay on top of it and constantly refresh ads all right, I'm, I'm doing everything on this job board and then I'm going to switch it to this other one for a while and let that one sit and chill right. out. And so after, after candidate flow, what's next? Next is speed of execution in the contacting candidates. Every day we are looking at who applied that day. Not the Got day it. before, but that day. So by the end of the day, the goal is that we have acknowledged and reached out to everybody who has applied during that day. Okay. So you're, you're trying in the same day, if they apply to have a conversation. Yeah, some sort of communication, not always a physical conversation, okay. but it could be a text message. Hey, just got your resume. Thanks for applying. You know, look for an email from me to set up a time to talk, you know, something like that. Uh, because the reason we do that, if you or I are out, you know, looking for a job, we're not, you've heard the adage, looking for a job is a full-time job. Yeah. You know, somebody's really looking, it takes, so they're not applying to just you today. They applied right. to you and anybody else they found to apply to that day. Mm-hmm. You want to be their first impression. That's who they will remember the most while still fresh in their mind. That, that speed of execution is, is key. Well, and, and it's a black box, really. If, if, if you think about uh, people who apply for a job, they have hit the button and then they never know if they're ever going to get called. So if you just send a text or a response email, you're all of a sudden probably one of 100 people that you're the only one maybe. And even if on paper you don't like them, send them something. Have an automated system, have... You know, we've got all kinds of automated systems that look really personal. And sometimes we do it personally that acknowledge every single person that applies to every single job. And we're talking about 50,000 people a year. That's a lot of communication, but that will pay long-term dividends because there's nothing worse than being known as an employer where, you know, don't, don't, don't apply to them. It's a black hole. You'll never, you'll never hear from them again. You know, what's interesting is I feel like we should have led with that stat 50,000 applicants process. <laughs> like that would have been good at the beginning of this call. Is that your normal candidate flow on an annual basis? Yeah, I have to look at the trends over the years, but, you know, I think, you know, I, I did a year-end report where some of the stats from from 2019, you know, I, I think we added 50,000 people to our database, which means that's, that's how many people apply. But, you know, when you're hiring, you know, 30 people a month, you know, that's one person a day, you know, if 100 people apply every day, you know, it, it right. adds up really quick. Do you love on that candidate pool that's in your database? I mean, like, do you work it like a normal database where you're sending out job recs and, and yeah, kind of opportunities? We do, uh, we do in, in the confines of a client pool. So yep. we don't co-mingle client pools unlike okay. other companies. You know, I'm not going to, um, we encourage people to apply if we think that they're a good fit, but you know, our, our clients, you know, own, own that pool of talent. 
Yeah. You know, we, we keep it segre- segregated that way. We don't do a whole lot of intermixing because, you know, we may have a client that spends a, a, a lot of money with us over the course of three or four years. And it wouldn't be fair to them for us to get a new client across the street from them. Right. And just say, hey, I'm going to give you all of these candidates. Sure. They bought those candidates. And so that's a pool for that existing client moving forward. Right. So we work those pools like crazy for those clients. Got it. And it goes into our whole culture fit mantra as well, because that pool of people, you know, have been evaluated as culture fits for that client. Oh, interesting. Everybody has a different culture. You remove the people who are not culture fits from the database or you just mark them not non-fit? Yes. We mark them non-fit and then they're not in that candidate, that client's pool anymore. That's interesting. What a, what a world. All right. Well, dude, this has been amazing. I think we're getting to the point where, uh, you know, our audience took a lot of notes, you know, and they're getting a lot out of this. Um, but I, we went over the process. We went over the systems. You gave a lot of good kind of wealth of knowledge about what really you should be focusing on. Why is right now, in your opinion, we're going to wrap up with a simple question and then how people can get a hold of you. But why is it right now the time to move as an employer, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner to kind of get this talent wrapped up? I think, I think there's there's two reasons to do it. One is that there is some fantastic talent out there right now that hasn't been there for 10 years. Yep. And now is the time to get them, get to them first before somebody else does. All these people that were laid off don't have to go back to work for the same company. They can go back to work for you. That's, that's one fantastic reason. The other one is that if you are going to make a change, you know, a lot of people avoid change. I don't want to change my process. I don't want to take one step back in order to take two steps forward. Now is a perfect time to make those time investments in your business. If your revenues are down, if business is down, use that as an opportunity so that when the recovery for you starts, that curve is steep. That's, I like that. Those are the reasons to do it right now. I like that. And if anybody is listening and they're like, I want to hire Patrick to help me revamp my system make sure that we're doing it the right way or just do it for like, if, if they were like, I just want to hire this guy, how would somebody get a hold of you, Patrick? Just contact me directly, Patrick at talentuition.com. Go to our website, talentuition.com. We've got a great blog there. We've got, uh, you can send something to info at talentuition.com. We've always got somebody available to, to chat with. My job is is chatting with small business owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm fortunate enough in my career now where I get to do what I love. So anybody that wants to talk shop or talk about recruiting, reach out to me, and uh, and I'm I'm happy to share resources, share ideas, and help out the small business community. There you go. All right, Patrick. Thanks so much for being here today. Really appreciate your time. Sure. Thanks, Daniel. Mm-hmm.